Yo, nothing important. Matt Reyes, Saturday afternoon. How's everybody doing? How's everybody feeling? I don't got no sage lit right now. I don't have a glass of wine. But I still feel pretty good. Still still pretty good situation going on. Uh, hopefully everybody's Saturday is going well. Um, I was online, ladies and gentlemen. Fucking hilarious. The things that you find on the internet. I know I've said it time and time a motherfucking again. Um, if you haven't checked out before, please check it out now. Worldstarhiphop.com. It is a microscope on a an area of human civilization. It's like a very niche group of human beings that I assume this is where the elites go when they think about mass mass euthanization, when they want to kill people off. They're looking for those people. That's what's on Worldstar. <laughs> It's white, it's black, it's Spanish. It's just a lot of activity that's fucking ignorant. But you need that in your life, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what you practice. I don't know if you are religious. I don't know if you're spiritual. That's the that's the trend right now. A lot of spiritual people, but they they got tattoos of Bible verses on their ribcage. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how that works. Jesus and the chakras at the same damn time. I don't know. Doesn't matter to me too much. Wherever you're sourcing your sense of everything, of the unknown. Enjoy your motherfucking self. With all that being said, I think a common thread through all religions, and not even only religions, philosophies. I don't know if you do fucking Taekwondo at six in the morning. I don't know if you're like some of those Chinese people with sweatpants in Chinatown in New York City doing Tai Chi with a bowl of hot oatmeal in their hand. I don't know if that's what you do. Stretching amongst the pigeons at the crack of motherfucking dawn. I don't know what you do. Common thread through all philosophies, religions, all senses of spirituality. Balance is necessary. And for me to achieve my balance, I'm an individual who likes to think of myself as a deep thinker. Was that redundant? I used the word think twice. Does it fucking matter? I like to think of myself as an intellectual. You know why? Because it's what I aspire to be. Maybe I've achieved it. I can't fucking judge myself. They call that arrogance, right? It's like that rule in the hood. You can't give yourself a nickname. You got to wait till somebody give it to you, right? I don't want to crown myself. I don't want to crown myself. LeBron James, the only man that could crown himself. I saw he did that at a game recently, and I was like, well, motherfucking deserve. When you, when you get that scoring title, when people really can't talk shit about a stat that you have, there's no way to get the motherfucker around that one. He put the ball in the basket more times than anybody has ever done at that level of basketball. Thinking about it, since he is a professional basketball player, he's probably put the ball in the net more than anybody else that's ever lived. He's still going. So, he, he you know, he went to, a, to, the, to the game, Super Bowl, and um, people were booing him, and he threw the crown on his head. I can't do that. I can't. I can't crown myself, but I like to think of myself as an intellectual because I think a man who thinks he can and a man who thinks he can't, they're both typically right. All of that being said, ladies and gentlemen, in my pursuit to think about my, myself in that light, I understand, as I was previously stating, you need to have balance. Every religious text, every philosophy that is worth investment in educating yourself in whatever. You know what I'm saying? If you, I, I don't know if you, you believe in Bruce Lee is the, the, you know what I'm saying? As the savior of mankind. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what you're into. What I'm saying is 
Balance is necessary. Everybody talks about it. And for me to achieve balance in my self-perceived intellectual life, I go on to worldstar.com. And I, wherever I am, consciously, I might be right above the motherfucking clouds with those unidentified objects just floating around, doing God knows what. U.S. military wants to shoot me down just like the UFOs. And I plummet myself down. It's a controlled crash. I do it on goddamn purpose. I go into Worldstar and I consume ignorance. I do it for two reasons, ladies and gentlemen. I do want balance, but there's some things that <laughs> you got to revisit if it's what you know. Does anybody relate to that? There's some things in this life that you have to revisit because it is what you know. Doesn't matter who I am as an individual. Does not matter how I self-categorize myself, how I identify. It doesn't matter if my pronouns were fucking doctor or professor. Whatever delusion I wanted to have in my own goddamn brain, the reality is my past is my past. And so when I'm being nostalgic, that comes with some demons. That's not the case for everybody. That's not the case for a lot of people. I mean, there's a, there's a large group of people in this country that, that, that have that same effect. You know, they want to look back to the good old days and when they look back, they're like, oh, shit, the good old days was kind of rough. And that's like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm going on World Star because I want to revisit that ignorance that I experienced in my formative years. Because just like maybe soul food is not the healthiest food to consume, there's a lot of salt. There's things that can raise your blood pressure, cause diabetes in that diet. But it's, it's soul food. You got every once in a while, you got to go back and you know what I'm saying? It's who you are. You know what I mean? So I go into to Worldstar and um, I'm watching this video. Unpopular opinion. I know it's going to be an unpopular opinion. It's going to be a popular opinion amongst a certain niche category, a certain demographic, a certain group of people that will probably relate with me, but not with everybody. I'm watching this video. This is rapper Blueface. Don't really listen to his music. I know where he's from. I think he's from like Midtown, um, Los Angeles. I know, you know, he's, he's flagging everywhere. That's part of his, like, persona, but it is also his real life. He's a crip from L.A., very common. Has nothing to do with the guy. You understand? Like I just told you previously, everybody's an individual, but that has no bearing on your past. Your past is what your past is. You cannot erase that. You can't recreate it. You can try. You can lie to yourself. You can't lie to life. You can't lie to life. So he is what he is. I don't know who he is as a person. I see his persona publicly as a rapper, but I was laughing. He came out with this video and they threw it on Worldstar where he was talking. Um, he was basically responding to Chris Brown. I love Chris Brown. Chris Brown was set to be the, the next Michael Jackson. He's unbelievably talented, like ridiculously talented in all ways. He's one of those people that like God broke the mold after they made him. And it's undeniable. Nobody has ever said anything about this guy's talent. Writing music, creating music, choreographing dance, and the performance side of it, right? And he's like, he was like the teenage heartthrob. Every girl was fucking in love with him. Every girl's probably still in love with him. That's around my age. In the back of their psyche, they still wish that he would come to their city and pick them. You know what I mean? He was that guy. Still is that guy for a lot of individuals. Very famous individual. He came out and, and made some comments as everybody still probably has in the back of their mind, it's in the ethos of the hip hop community or 
really the pop community because Chris Brown is a pop star. He was big time. He wasn't, it wasn't just like in the rap or hip hop. He was not even, I wouldn't even consider him crossover. He was, he was the guy. He was the motherfucking guy. Everybody loved Chris. Everybody loved motherfucker Chris. And, you know, ironically, he got slapped down from that height <laughs> where he was because Chris got into a physical altercation years ago with his then partner, Rihanna, who ironically, you know, as I'm talking about this, it's not even ironic. It's the cause and effect of, of the story. But basically, Rihanna was just a performer at halftime for the Super Bowl. Everybody's talking about Rihanna. And I assume with all of that attention on Rihanna, immediately it rehashes this old issue. Something, we're getting back to that lesson. You can't erase the past. You can't erase what you come from. That doesn't change. And so people probably started attacking him on the internet, calling him a woman beater, calling him this, that, and the third, coming at him. And he's probably bitter as well because Chris is so talented. Sometimes... It is so apparent that you are gifted. It is so apparent that you are special, that you're different than the mass populace around you, that even no matter how low your confidence is or how trained you are into believing negativity or how much you try to deny, he can't even deny it. He probably is in living consciousness on a daily basis of how big he should be, but because of an incident that happened when he was really a child, when he was a young man. Um, because of that incident, he's not as big. I mean, the guy's still fucking rich. He's still famous. He can have any woman that he fucking wants. But there is also that aspect of him having to, on a continual basis, relive a horrible mistake he made in his youth. And we all know what it is. It's a combination, I would say 60-40, to be very fair. Probably 70-30. 30% the fact that he's famous, and if you make a mistake... While you're a famous individual, you will be publicly castrated. And that is because people love to crucify Christ in whatever form they fucking come. People love martyrism. People love turning on the person who made it to the top, right? This is the reality of America. The 78% is because he's a black man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's because he's a black man. But very funny enough, getting back to the point of why I brought this up, World Star Hip Hop, I'm getting balanced. I'm balancing my chakras when I'm doing Tai Chi in the morning with the with the chinos. And I'm, I got my, my leg up and I'm doing that flamingo pose or whatever the fuck they do. And I'm achieving balance. I take my phone, my cell phone out of my left pocket and then I put up World Star, get my, my dose of ignorance. I'm listening to a very ignorant message, but it was real. And that's what I wanted to talk about. I'll describe what's going on. But before that, I'm going to preface it with saying sometimes ignorance is the truth. And I'm always somebody that likes the truth, ladies and gentlemen. I like the truth. I like the real. I'm not stupid. I'm not dumb. I understand that you don't always tell the truth. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a very funny joke I heard one time. I think it was like Louis C.K. or somebody else was talking about talking to his daughters and having to explain to them why lying is bad. But the irony of the fact that him telling his daughter that lying is bad is a lie because lying is great. That kind of methodology, you put it fucking together. You know, this video is very truthful regardless of the fact that it was ignorant. Blueface comes on there and he's responding because Chris Brown, after receiving some negativity um, because of something he did when he was a younger man, 
started trying to defend himself using other people that are in the public eye currently. Blueface is a guy that's in the public eye. Blueface is a guy that's in the public eye a lot because of some ignorant shit. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, you can't change your past. He comes from a whole world that a lot of Americans would not understand. He's from Los Angeles, gangland. He's from a place where there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of ignorance. And it don't make sense to probably most people in the country. Most people in the country is just observers of this young man would just say, yo, you just got to chill what you're doing. Why are you posting this shit? What is messy? Is ghetto? You could change. And they don't really understand the whole inception of maybe some of the demons that this guy's working out in the public eye. What I'm talking about in particular is that he's in a public relationship with a girl. And they be, they be beating the shit out of each other <laughs> on a consistent basis. Blueface not a little guy. You know, his girl's not a weak lady. They be scrapping. It's fights. I'm not talking about he's beating the shit. It's not no like, oh, he's, he's, he's hitting her. They got one of them relationships that if you're from the hood, you probably experienced this before. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, and this is an interesting thing to talk about. Sometimes if you're not from a certain community, you would observe something going on and it's like you got beer goggles on. You can't see what's actually happening. You can't see what's actually in front of you. It might confuse you because you came from a completely different world. You came from something that's completely different. You have no reference. You have no reference to base judgment on what is happening in front of you. You're confused, right? So you might see a guy beating the shit out of his girlfriend in public. And it'd be in the hood. And maybe you're not from the hood. Maybe you moved to the hood. Maybe you moved to a certain city. You know what I'm saying? trying to make it and you're trying to learn about that culture and you see this shit and everything in your being is like, oh, this shit is wrong. I need to intervene. Not knowing that you minding somebody's fucking business. <laughs> you getting in the middle of something that you shouldn't be getting in the middle of. Because that guy who's trying to be a good guy and sees a crowd just watching a man beat the shit out of his girl will go and try to intervene. And then both of them, the girl and the guy would jump that nigga. That's what would happen. <laughs> It's ignorant, but people in the hood would understand what I'm talking about. There's relationships like this. Like, Blueface is expressing something in the public eye that happens a fucking lot. A fucking lot in the community where I come from, the community where he comes from. People in a relationship where the love is love. I believe him and his girl love each other. I believe Blueface and his girl love each other. And it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. They would say the love ain't worth it. They would say they can't work it out. Fuck therapy. Break up with each other. Stop doing this. You're damaging a larger community. But they don't have reference to what's actually going on. Both of those individuals just have a broken past and they're working it out on each other. And it's ugly. But it's what it is. It's what it is. It's real. It's ignorant. But it's the truth. Right? So I'm watching this video and hilarious. He's you know saying some shit that's not popular opinion. He's basically... Coming at Chris Brown. Chris Brown goes and says, yo, everybody's giving me negativity because I hit Rihanna 10, 15 years ago, however long ago it was. But Blueface is in the news every other fucking week and nobody want to tell him shit. Nobody want to tell him shit. He's, you know, his girl's getting beat up. He's getting beat up. Nobody want to talk about that. Everybody want to bully me. And once again, reference, you know, <laughs> I, I had to side with Blueface and his response to this. Because of the reference that I have. Because my understanding, because we come from a similar place. I'm not from L.A. I'm not a crip. 
I didn't, I didn't, I, I'm from the street. I, I'm not a gang member. It's not my life. But I understand the way we grew up. I have reference to this shit. And he basically said something. I was just laughing. He was like, <laughs> he's coming at Chris Brown. He's like, yo, you can't use me as defense for some shit you did. And the, the logic that made me laugh, he's like, you beat the wrong bitch. <laughs> you beat the bitch. And his girl's with him too. And I know a lot of people wouldn't even understand that. They would say, oh, she's ignorant. She, and she's laughing in the background. He's saying this. Because she, she comes from it too. She understands what he's trying to say. He's like, you beat the bitch that was just at the fucking halftime. <laughs> at the Super Bowl. I'm beating my bitch and she fight back. <laughs> We're from something very different than where you're from. It's not the same. And I just found that fucking hilarious, man. I found it hilarious. And ladies and gentlemen, I just talked about balance. I just, I just told you the ignorance that I ingested and I made you ingest it as well. Now it's inside of you. Let's balance this out with being an intellectual. Let's think about this and let's break it down. Is Blueface wrong for what he said, for telling the truth, for saying Chris Brown's situation is different than his situation, right? I'm going to side with Blueface. I don't think he's wrong at all. Once again, this comes from reference. And maybe, I, I, you know, for anybody who doesn't understand, I'll give you the reference that I have. There are ills in certain parts of this country, ills in certain communities, ills in certain parts of society that are not universally understood. Ignorances that are passed down from generation to generation. And I think the biggest consequence that you can see and what the communities I'm talking about, I'm talking about the hood. I'm talking about the hood of major cities in this country. The biggest consequence that you would see is broken families. Broken families. Broken family, the easiest way I could identify this, I'm not going to give you all the fucking symptoms. I'll tell you the greatest way to identify this is people who are family members and they stick together, but they're in a constant cycle of hurting each other. And secondly, people who are family members that abandon each other. That's the two most common ways you can witness this. And if you're from the hood, you see it and you've also experienced one of those two things, if not both. People who are family members, meaning you and your spouse, you and your parents, you and your cousins, you and your child, who are family members, but you're in a constant cycle of hurting each other. Second symptom, you have family members, you are in a family, and there's abandonment. Right? So I look at Blueface's situation, and he hasn't broken up with his girl. And they are working out their issues in a very ignorant way on a, a scale where there's a lot of witnesses, there's a lot of judges, there's a lot of people looking into the situation, and they have opinions, and they're confused, and they want to give their input, but they have no fucking reference. And they also don't have experience in what this man's life was, or what a larger community of individuals are going through and why they act the way that they act. So who's wrong in a situation? I think it's the people without reference. I think it's the people who are confused. I think it's the people who go into situations that are not their business and they have no understanding. They have beer goggles and they go into the hood because they want to learn and they, they walk around and they see a couple fighting and they go and they get they get jumped. Why? Why did you? You don't. You, you didn't need it. You didn't need to do it. You don't. You don't get it. You don't get it. If you intervened or you didn't, they was going to work out their shit on each other regardless. 
And this is a harder concept for other people to understand. That's still love. That's still love. It's fucked up. It is fucked up, ladies and gentlemen. But in my opinion, from my experience, I don't think two people should stay in a cycle of hurting each other. But what is more damaging to the word family, what is more damaging to the word family is abandonment. It's the second identifier. It's when children grow up grow up without a parent. It's when people don't get to know certain sides of their family. That's way more damaging to the development of a, a family, to the development of children than people in a constant cycle of abuse. You understand what I'm saying? I think it makes sense. I think about my family. I got examples of this growing up fucking tenfold. Tenfold. I remember I got this, this uh, cousin. He's an older man. Um, Kike. Kike is a working man in New York City. He got married. He's way older, way older. This guy's in like his 50s, 60s. But my mother used to always talk about this guy. And it was something that when she was relaying a message to me, it wasn't her telling me to accept a certain lifestyle. She was trying to relay to me the importance <clears throat> of being a man and what that actually was. When you're born into a male body, you're born into a female body, you can't control your height. You can't control your weight. You can't control your genetic predispositions. You can't control your parents. You can't control if you were born with one arm. And because of that lack of control, and this is understood in the community I grew up in, those are not things to judge people based off of. That don't tell you how much heart somebody got. That don't tell you somebody's character. You understand what I'm saying? Circumstances that you can't control. But this cousin of mine, Kike, a much older gentleman, when he was younger, he got married and he had a bunch of kids with a woman that he was in love with. Comes to find out after he has about four kids with this woman that she's cheating on him. And he doesn't leave her. He does not leave her. He stays with her. Comes to find out a little couple years later that she, she got a problem. She got some demons from her past. Something happened in her childhood. Something happened in the community that she grew up in where she had a habitual cheating problem. And that's really like not the typical scenario. Typically, it's the man that's stepping out, the man that got the problem, the man that's doing all this stuff, and the woman is riding out for him. And it's in society, it will be looked down on my cousin for staying with this woman. People say, yo, that's not manly. You taking shit from a woman. You a bitch. You this, you that. And once again, lack of reference point to what he understood. He wanted to keep his family together. He would tell my mother, he would tell his family in defense of his actions where he didn't have to defend himself, but it's his family. He was explaining himself. I don't want my children to grow up without their parents because I know what happened to me. And if I got to sacrifice my emotions or my comfort or be humiliated on a consistent basis, my child and my children are more important to me in the situation. And so he made a decision. And I respect that. I look like I look at that as manly. I do come from a different past. I do come from a different reality. I understand the reference point for like the majority of the country. We live in a country that's like the American dream is the top value. You know? Money over humanity, money over character, money over you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's kind of the prevailing idealism in this country. And people can't look and see really why people do what they fucking do, you know? And <clears throat> the biggest problem with that is like <clears throat> minding people's business. It's like 
That shit actually happened to me before. <laughs> me even being from the fucking hood. I was on 34th Street. And I saw some dude. He was way bigger than me. He was decking the shit out of his girl. <laughs> he punching the shit out of his bitch in public. And the second I pull him off of her, she's like, don't touch my man. I was like, oh, okay, I got it. Lesson learned. Take a walk. Take a turn tail. Take a motherfucking walk. I'm going to mind my motherfucking business because I understand what's going on. I had, I had a little itch on my side. You know? Not everybody has those opportunities to learn those lessons. Um, so, you know, I don't come from a judgmental place. It's just an understanding. It's just an understanding. But I found that video to be so hilarious. Once again, I love Chris Brown. But you can't defend yourself with somebody else. That's just not a manly way to, to operate in certain communities. It's not like, oh, but he. Oh, but. Everybody's dealt different cards. You can't cry about it. You just got to live the life that you live in. Defend yourself based off of your situation. Don't go look at another person because it may be a similar scenario and think it's comparable. It's not. It isn't. It isn't. Some people have harder lives. Some people have to go through more to get to a place that's not even as high as another individual. It's just what it is. You can sit and you can cry about it. You can think about that. And you can meditate on that. Or you could learn from the situation, mature. You know, I find it a lot. It's, it's, it's always that issue of like, um, I think culture has a big thing. You know, I was talking about that. There's certain communities that understand that instantaneously that can identify that because they come from it. And, and a weird, like it's paradoxical. It's ironic that this country it judges or critiques the habits or the, you know what I'm saying? The actions of certain communities, but it's those same communities by which they model themselves. There's no question that the number one genre of music is hip hop. And if you even want to take it and dissect that and take hip hop out of the equation, it's no question that black music, however anybody wants to categorize what black is, black music has been the number one source of musical culture in this country for like fucking ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> really black culture in general is really how everybody models themselves. And in the same way, everybody wants to model themselves, not only as well off of black culture, because in defining what black culture is, you have to understand that there are levels to this shit. There's degrees by which people emulate. And in this country, once again, very paradoxical, very ironic, it seems that the culture that is absorbed the most, that is idolized the most, comes from the slum, the slums of various cities in this, this nation. It is the places like where Blueface is from, the places like where I'm from, the places where the people have it the worst, they have the most poverty, they have the most violence, they have the most risk of being killed or having deep traumas that they're going to have to live with for the rest of their life. Irreconcilable things. Not, you're going to get over this with therapy. You know, I know, I know that that's a common thing. Everybody thinks that you could just therapy it and it, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Once again, not coming from what I come from. Not coming from what a lot of people come from. You think it's just, you sit in front of somebody and then they give you an epiphany. The light bulb turns on and you stop beating the shit out of your bitch. That's not real. It's not real. It's a lot deeper then people understand. But those are the communities that most of the culture, the, the emulation of culture comes from. It's, it's ironic. And it seems like the people who are the greatest judges or the people who uh, 
They just meet, misread situations the most. They are the greatest emulators of those cultures. They're the greatest emulators of those cultures. The people who go and move to the cities that they idolized for whatever reason. Maybe it's like a rap song. Maybe there's a certain industry and you, you saw yourself through another individual who's the same ethnicity of you. And I'm, I'm particularly zoning in as well because people have to understand that it's not only emulation racially. It's not just rich white kids listening to your favorite rap song. They stealing black culture. It's not exactly that. What it is, is people who didn't grow up like that, educating themselves on how other people grew up. How what other people come from and studying that shit in a fucking weird way, studying that shit. It's creepy. But this is the reality. I'm talking about black men do this, black women do this, where they didn't grow up like that. And they listening, they got BET on 24 fucking seven. They listening to every rap song. They know every fucking word, but they don't really know what it's like. They don't understand what creates that art. They don't understand why. And you, they never will. They just studying, right? So those individuals, they go and that's typically the people who have, you know, the, the worst perception of what's actually going on. It's the most cloudy, it's the most foggy in their eyes because they, they don't come from that. And they're just, they're just taking the surface. They're just ingesting information from the surface on a consistent basis, right? They move to a city, change the way they speak, change the way they look, change the way they dress, you know, they emulate the dances, they emulate the way that people walk, they emulate the way that people talk. And then they get so lost in that emulation that they think that they are. And it's crazy. It's just the same way where it's like, I might go on a world store. I have a habit of seeking out, looking at ignorant shit because it's my nostalgia. You know what I mean? I can't erase my past. Same way those individuals, they can emulate, emulate, emulate. It's like, it's, it's hollow. Because you can't erase your past. You look back. It's not, it's not like that. It's not like that. It's not real. People see it. People see it, man. You know? I, I feel like this is an ill... If I am talking about black people doing this to other black people, right? If I'm talking about like somebody who didn't grow up in the hood, but they studied the hood. So maybe they even know the hood on a surface level, on a... Or, 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 <laughs> On a level of like, you know, quotables, they know the hood better than somebody's from the hood. It's funny, but that shit is real sometimes. <laughs> you got fucking, you know what I'm saying? People get scientific with this shit. <clears throat> and those individuals, you know, what I find funny about it is like, if it is an issue with like, uh, let, let's, let's get the hypothetical, like it's a black person that does not come from the hood, but they studied it, right? They're also dealing with some type of larger societal trauma where people have to become characters to feel like they fit in to identify with a certain culture. I, I was taught, I was having a conversation with my girl recently about this. Me and my girl come from similar backgrounds. We're both individuals. Me being Puerto Rican and growing up in the projects is not the sole identifier for who I am as an individual, Right? A lot of people get lost in it from where I'm from. They lose their individuality. They lose who they are because of where they're from. And then they stay in just an, uh, uh, a cycle of how they grew up. And that's not right. In the same way, there's other people that don't come from my community. And then they drink that motherfucking Kool-Aid and they get poisoned by it. I was talking to my girl. We both come from... My girl grew up. She split the time. 
in her adolescence between the Bronx, which is the Bronx, and she grew up in East New York, Brooklyn as well. Both of these hoods. You know, I grew up in East Harlem. If you know, you know. You know what um, But the point of what I'm saying is I was having a conversation with her and I was like, I find it funny living in Atlanta. The South is very different. The South is very fucking different. There is racism in New York. I feel like L.A. is one of the most racist pe- places. I lived in New York, grew up in New York. I lived in L.A. for almost five years. L.A. is one of the most racist places, but the South is different. The South is very, very, very different. You can live in a neighborhood. You can live in a neighborhood where black people have money, where they are, you know, very educated. They got houses. They got great cars. They got, you know, but there's still this subconscious, these racist rules that prevail where somebody could walk past me in the South. And I see this all the fucking time. It'd be like a black man walking past me in the South. And I could just see that they're, they're wealthy. They, they have money. They're educated. And they still feel this need seeing me to have like a, a reaction in public of like either trying to express some type of bravado or even because like I am Puerto Rican and my skin might be lighter. That's a big, that's a big thing in the South. Colorism is a huge thing in the South. They'll like cock their head down to the ground and it confuses the fuck out of me. It's just not the way I grew up. I grew up, this is my reference. So I grew up in a very violent neighborhood. <clears throat> it's very multicultural as well. So you will find Puerto Ricans, predominantly in East Harlem, Puerto Ricans, black people, Mexicans. There were some Dominicans. Uh, but the prevailing, prevailing cultures that you will find is like Afro-Caribbean, African-American, Puerto Rican. That's East Harlem. And it's, 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 it, it was grimy. It was very fucking grimy. When I was growing up, a lot of these concepts that I'm now experiencing or these, uh, it's just cultural differences. Like what I just explained to you, walking down the street, I see a dark-skinned man, he'll be rich out the motherfucking wazoo. He's wearing it on his body. He just walk out of a nice car and he's having such a weird reaction to seeing another man in public. He either feels self-conscious or he feels like he has to elevate his ego and stuff like that. The way I grew up was completely fucking different. You know, it's completely different where I'm interacting with this individual as an adult now and I'm seeing him trying to like think some, uh, you know, some way to like act. It's very unnatural and it's almost like in his mind, he believes that I can't see him because of maybe the reference point that he has, how he's been treated regardless of how much money he has. Maybe he's been treated incorrectly and nobody's seen him as an individual. You know, that's the point here. It's like, I think overall... Black and Hispanic men have identity crisis where they didn't grow up like that. They're not in that life, but they're still like trapped in a box and they're not being who they actually are. They're not who they actually are. They're trapped in some type of, you know, false reality. And so their reactions to walking past the guy, and this happens a lot in the South. He's like nervous, or he thinks I'm judging him, or it's like all this other shit. And it's like, yo, you rich, like, and you're just a guy. I'm not looking at you like black man rich. How did you get the money? But you can see that's the way that that person's thinking, right? The way I grew up, very multicultural, East Harlem. There's a lot of people. There's people with, with blonde hair, blue eyes in the hood. There's people, you know, Puerto Ricans. There's people who are dark skinned, big, dark skinned men. Uh, that shit didn't mean nothing. 
because everybody was tried on a physical level. I find it so, this is the biggest cultural difference that <laughs> I'm being educated as I'm, I'm growing up, like white bullying and bullying the way I grew up. Like I say white, that's a, you know what I'm saying? It's an overarching term. I think it happened in like affluent black neighborhoods too. It's like where there's not prevailing violence, human beings, there will still be a succession of the aggressors and the people who are food, so to speak. People who are, are a little bit less aggressive, weaker. And where I grew up, the only way that that was expressed was through violence. So the people who were, quote unquote, alpha or aggressors, they was fucking people up. Physically. That's what I saw. That's what I experienced. That was it. It wasn't like, you know, let me get in your head and insult you and make you feel bad about yourself and make you overthink and the trickery thing. That's more of like a white community thing. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning, ladies and gentlemen, but that's not what was going on where I grew up, where I grew up. And I say that to say this is like what that educates the way I grew up. My reference point educates me is like I can now see. Um, and I know people from New York understand this. I can see like a, a dark skinned black man and where, where the country is so still old mindsets and racist and they're ignorant. They can't see an individual when they see a dark skinned black man. They can't see a person. What they see is whatever fearful stereotypes the media has fed them, right? And I'm, I'm grateful for this because now as an adult, I can walk down the street and regardless of who's in front of me, I can give like a clear assessment of the danger that I'm in. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like if I see a guy and he's Caucasian, blue eyes, slick back haircut, I can look in his fucking eyes. And because of the way I grew up where there was people who were light-skinned, who were small guys, and they will shoot you in your fucking mouth. You understand what I'm saying? Like they, they, you be able, you learn very quickly who is really about it and who's not, right? Who's playing a character and who's not. That's why I don't play that character. I don't play that character. I don't play a character like I, I'm. I, I nowadays that's like currency. From where I grew up, I could walk around with a shirt that says "gang gang," and I could get bitches off of that. I probably get money off of that. Lying, like because I grew up the way that I grew up. I was a street nigga and I was hood and I moved this and I did that. I don't do that for a fucking reason because when you run into somebody who's actually from that, they smell it. Regardless of your race, they can smell it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't fake it with people who actually come from that shit. You can't. The act falls apart. So I walk down the street and I'll see a you know a white guy and I'm not okay. I'm gonna walk on the other on the other block because this dude is not he's not put together in his head. He's looking to let go of some, whatever demons he has, right? And the same notion, I feel like there's a lot of people too that they, they're walking around with like this bravado and it's almost like a defense because they're black and because the world is, America in particular, but you know, a lot of the world is scared of a black man. They're scared because all the stereotypes, it's, it's disgusting, it's not real, it's not real. It's not real. They're scared of a black man. And they're walking in the street and they'll be the softest motherfucker, but he big and he, he dark. <laughs> and people look at him and, and they'd be nervous. And then that guy develops an ego off of that shit. He's like, yo, people nervous around. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to set anybody up that's confused out there. If you're not from the hood and you're listening to the podcast, listen, there are dark skinned people that will beat the fuck out of you. You know what I'm saying? There are light-skinned people that would beat the fuck out of you. There's white people that would beat the fuck out of you. This is real. I'm just saying people don't have the correct vision. And I, I think that that's like a, it's another uh, degree of how fucked up 
society is. Like we can't even, race is such a prevailing thing in societies. Like people can't even look and analyze somebody for their individuality. Like what, what are their capabilities? How quickly can I judge that person's capabilities versus just making some overarching judgment because of how they look or how they present themselves to be? You understand what I'm saying? It's interesting, man. It's fucking crazy. Like, it is crazy. So I saw that shit all the time growing up. I saw that shit all the time. I, I, I just didn't grow up the way a lot of people in this country grew, grew up. I saw people move into my projects when they was 13, 14 years old, 6'5", cock diesel, muscles out the asshole, get punked by a little four foot five light-skinned nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen it all the time. Adversely, I've seen little fucking guys who are psychopaths. You know, it's, that's not what it is. It's like, it's all reference. It's all fucking reference. And I feel like people need to learn how to like judge situations based off looking at an individual, not their past, not their perceivable qualities. Like, you know what I'm saying? But just like release all those box mentalities, release all that shit. I think the only way to really truly do it is to like know yourself. I know myself. I know who I am. I'm not lost in some type of character. You know what I mean? I'm not lost in that shit. So when I see somebody, I understand capabilities versus, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a re-education that I feel like the, the entire nation needs. And it's not to learn from my perspective. It's just to have a more, we, we get back to balance, right? It's to have a more balanced judgment of individuals. Because it's, it's crazy after a while. You know what I mean? The internet has elevated this. And you got internet people who like do shit and then don't realize like there's a real world. You have, you know what I mean? Like it's just a lot. There's degrees and in, in levels to this shit. It's like it's just, it's, it's mind blowing. The amount of delusion that people walk around with and how much it hurts them. And it hurts potential relationships and it hurts <clears throat> progression. It hurts, you know what I'm saying? Like these things hurt you. Because you can't look at people and just see what is actually in front of you. Not like a person's race or like their situation. Just understand people are different, you know? It's a beautiful thing. And I think that stems from not knowing yourself, you know? There's this beautiful thing. Like, I grew up in Harlem. And there's language is a motherfucker, man. Language is a motherfucker. Like, there's English and then there's how I grew up, Right? And there are words that in the English dictionary would be very similar. They'd be very similar. So you talking to somebody that grew up where I grew up, it's like you would think one word means the same as the second one. It's not. <laughs> it's not. I'll give you an example. It's like, you know, somebody making a joke, right? And, um, you know, somebody's cutting ass on me or whatever. That means just like making a joke. I mean, whoever's listening probably study, but you know, you get it. So somebody's cutting my ass and like, I'll be like, oh, you think you're a fucking comedian, right? That is like an acknowledgement of like, oh, that was a good joke. And then there's like uh, somebody cutting somebody's ass and be like, oh, you're a clown. That's an insult. That's, an <laughs> that's different. <laughs> that means something else, you know? It's fucking hilarious, man. It is hilarious, but I don't know. Let's read some motherfucking news, ladies and gentlemen. You know what's coming on. I'm about to have a, a great afternoon because we got the motherfucking NBA. Don't continue. All right, we on to the motherfucking news, ladies and gentlemen. 
we're going to read housing lottery launches for Twin Parks Terrace in Fordham Heights. The Bronx. We was talking about the Bronx as a motherfucking synchronicity. The affordable housing lottery has launched for Twin Parks Terrace, a 14-story mixed-use building at 373 East 183rd Street in Fordham Heights, the Bronx. If you don't know what the housing lottery is in New York City, this is a very humane program. Basically, there's a lot of people who live in low-income housing the way that I grew up, which is extremely inhumane. They live in the projects. It's not nice. It breeds a lot of the ills and ignorances of society. If people who have money or from a higher class who don't want to see the problems that they see in society, you don't want to see people looting, you don't want to see people robbing, you don't want violence in the street, you don't want rich people in the Upper West Side to get punched in the fucking mouth and get robbed, we need to do away with the old style of housing people who can't afford the expensive-ass city of New York. And we need to increase this program. The affordable housing lottery is where any new development allows a certain percentage of the condos or the apartments in that new building to be rented out at a lower cost, a lower premium to individuals who are low income. And that rent does not change. Very humane. This is an ad before I even read it where I can tell you this is just uh, talking about gentrification. It's a euphemism for gentrification. It's for, it's for people can ingest that the Bronx is becoming gentrified and they're giving away 20% of one of the new buildings that they're gentrifying the Bronx with to some poor people. Designed by uh, Dianos Architects and developed by New York City Housing Authority. That's hilarious. New York City Housing Authority is the projects. NYCHA. Um, the, <laughs> the structure yields 181 residences and 11,000 square feet of retail space available on New York City's Housing Connect at are 135 units for residents at 40 to 80% of the area's medium income. That is going to be low income because the Bronx is broke as motherfucker. Ranging in eligible, eligible income from 22,000 to 132,400. Uh, that sounds like 132,000 sounds like a lot. In New York City, you still can't, you still can't afford much. Twin Parks Terrace in Fordham Heights. Let's read a little bit more of this motherfucker. They got some pictures. Look pretty goddamn nice. Look pretty goddamn. Amenities include recreation rooms, laundry facilities, recycling center, playground, children's playroom, a bike storage area, an on-site reg resident manager. 40% of the AMI. There are 20 uh, units with a monthly rent ranging from $567 to $978. That is rent from the motherfucking 90s. It is the Bronx. I don't care if they're gentrifying it. The Bronx is still wild. The Bronx is still right. Fordham, not a, not a completely bad neighborhood. There's some parts of Fordham that are okay. But ladies and gentlemen, for you to get in and out of the Bronx, you're going to have to get on public transportation in New York City. It's going to be ghetto. So this is, this is good, you know, for the people that, that get into that building. But don't think that you're moving out the hood. You're moving in the hood. You're just going to be living nice in the hood. Prospective renters must meet an income and a household size requirements to apply to these apartments. Um, applications must be postmarked. And submit it no later than April 11, 2023. I am all for housing lottery. I don't think that that's a solution. I feel like it's a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. If we're really talking about New York City, the people that make the culture, the people that make New York popping, the people that make the tourists come to New York are the locals. Most of the people that are born and bred in New York that are creating that culture come from the hood. And those people need help, not in the form of what NYCHA has done. And the way that I grew up, the projects are fucked up. I don't like the projects. I think they need to be done away with. I think there needs to be an integration of those families, not pushing them out, not gentrification to push them out to another neighborhood where that becomes a new hood. 
but an integration of those people into buildings, into living situations that are in their same neighborhood, but not in those shitty fucking unkept project buildings. You know, I don't know how to, I don't have all the answers there, but ladies and gentlemen, the projects need to stop. WWE legend Goldberg disgusted by Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show. Not interested. Numerology predictions, February 20th to February 26th. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm all about goddamn superstitions, but I'm not going to give you that poison. I just told you I grew up in ignorance. Why do you need it too? America's millionaires are flocking to smaller cities. Read that. Read this one. Okay, here we go. We got it, ladies and gentlemen. This is a story that I'm going to break down. A thousand pound sister's star. Tammy Slatton's total weight loss revealed. I'm going to click on this because there's two things I like. Making fun of fat people and inspiring fat people. No. Um, 1,000 pound sister star. Sisters? I don't know what sisters is. It's probably like a TLC program. Um, 1,000 pound sister star Tammy Slatton has completely transformed her body after a terrifying health scare. Encouraged her to take a new healthy... Oh, excuse me. To take a healthy new plan. Um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is positive, but it's just cloaked in positivity. What it really is, is a super fat person being exploited so that other people don't feel so bad about their horrible lives. The U.S. Sun can exclusively reveal that Tammy, 36 now, weighs over 400 pounds, nearly half her size. 400 pounds to anybody who is uh, still intact with their uh, their greater faculties, that still has their, their higher brain operating. That's very unhealthy. That is, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's morbid obesity, over 400 pounds. But this bitch was so fat that 400 pounds is an accomplishment. God bless you. After once trip tipping the scales at 700 pounds, Tammy lost a shocking 300 pounds in her battle against obesity. As the show fans know, I thought they just said she was 1,000 pounds. Now they're fucking, they're, they're breaking it down. All right, Tammy admitted herself to rehab early last year for a second time to get her life back on track. When Tammy was first in rehab, she needed to reach her goal weight of 550 pounds from around 700 pounds in order to be approved for her bar, uh, bariatric surgery. Um, the surgery is basically an operation on the digestive system to help a patient lose weight quickly in extreme situations. They should give those out. There should be somebody who comes out that wants to stop uh, the the self-suicide, the assisted suicide that McDonald's provides to anybody who eats that much fucking food that they can make it to a thousand pounds. They should just be given out. You know, how like Mr. Beast just gave that surgery where people can stop being blind. Thank God that he did that. He makes tons of fucking money. He did something nice and everybody wanted to critique him. Suck his dick. I'm saying it for him. There should be um, somebody who has Mr. Beast money. And they should go and pay for tons of people who are a thousand pounds. I don't know how many people make it, you know, <laughs> they're, they're surviving being a thousand pounds, but there should be somebody who goes and is charitable and make it a YouTube fucking thing. I'm all for the right thing happening for the wrong goddamn reason, because it's still the right thing happening. These people need help. They have an addiction. We got rehabs. Somebody start getting a staple gun and staple some of these goddamn thousand pound stomachs. Let's please do it. It'll help society at large. What's the next story here? I'm about to wrap up because, you know, that game is coming out. Um, I thought I'd never understand my daughter's needs until I learned she's highly gifted. That is clickbait that I'm not interested in. That's fishing right there. How to watch the NBA All-Star Weekend that took a weird turn for the Brooklyn Nets. No, thank you. Um, they just have a picture of uh, Deron Williams. He used to be my, that was my guy. That was my guy, Deron Williams. I guess he was a coach for one of the teams 
and they show when he was at that boxing event that he did. I don't know what the fuck that was about. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg sells Los Angeles mansion at a multi-million dollar discount after leaving California. That don't hurt Mark. Mark is making money at the goddamn wazoo. Um, he'll be fine. After canceling booze, Canada is now coming for your coffee. Gotta read that. Ladies and gentlemen, I gotta read that. I don't know if this is like, it's a joke. But after uh, the country's health officials released new guidance that having over two drinks a week can be a health detriment. Okay, so they didn't cancel booze. That, okay, they meant cancel in the way that people get canceled now. They just uh, shame them. Public shaming for anybody who has more than two drinks a week. New research from the University of Toronto says heavy coffee consumption is a cause for concern as well. Does anybody want to see just, I'll pierce right in to the irony of this New York Post article, right? We are talking about coffee and we're talking about alcohol. It is no question that alcohol is a drug. It is debated, but I think it's pretty universally understood that coffee is a drug. It's a stimulant. One is a stimulant. The other is, uh, I don't know what the fuck you could call it. it. It does a lot of things. None of them are positive, right? So this is shaming people for use of substances that are potentially harmful to the body. But the New York Post article was either written in one of two ways. The first way, this is a chat GBT article. New York Post is getting lazy. They believe in artificial intelligence. That is a drug, ladies and gentlemen, to depend on something else's intellect is a fucking drug. We will get addicted to this. The New York Post will get addicted to this. And when the the Armageddon hits, people are going to be too fucking retarded to be resourceful and sustain the human race because they outsourced all of their intellect and creative abilities to artificial intelligence. That is the first way that this article is written. That is ironic. Second way, this was written by an intern who was obviously on Adderall. You get the irony. Uh, These findings suggest that heavy coffee intake is associated with increases of the risk of kidney dysfunction among slow metabolizers of caffeine who genetically uh, comprise approximately half of the population, an excerpt from the data read, adding that illnesses like hypertension could emerge. Nobody cares about hypertension when they pour 10,000 grams of MSG into every fucking food that is in every public supermarket in America, but now they care about it. Come on. Uh, We made a discovery back in 2006 with a case uh, control study where we showed that coffee increased the risk of a heart attack but only in those who have a particular version of a gene that makes them effectively slow metabolizers of caffeine. I don't know what a slow metabolizer of caffeine is. I would like to think that I'm not a slow metabolizer of caffeine. The second I take a sip of my goddamn Cafe Bustelo, I feel like I just smoked some crack. I'm ready to take over the goddamn world. I don't need the Adderall. I don't need the alcohol. Give me some motherfucking coffee. Maybe I'm being biased. And that's why I'm not listening to any of the facts that are being stated. Slow metabolizers are less able to get rid of caffeine efficiently from the body. So it's more likely to have an adverse effect on people uh, who can't get rid of it. So I guess people who have kidney issues, as they previously mentioned, that's a filtration issue. Go watch some fucking Dr. Sebi videos on YouTube. Go on a diet. Go on a cleanse. It's all about balance, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think coffee is going to fucking kill you. But the Canadian said it, so we got to listen. Fortunately, the other half of the genetic makeup to break down coffee's biggest perk uh, without worry. What? Okay, so uh, the other half of genetic makeup. So, okay, so... Um, apparently most people or half of people don't have to worry about this. Even if you feel jittery after a huge cup of joe or experience 
anxiety or withdrawal headaches, you may have the gene that quickly breaks down caffeine. So you might have some symptoms that are not good. You might have some anxiety when you, you drink coffee. You might get a headache from withdrawal because you're a fucking addict. You need that cup of joe. You can't do without it. But that is an indicator that your kidney is filtering out that caffeine. Other people who metabolize it at a slower rate, it stays in your bloodstream, bloodstream so you don't have withdrawals. You're just constantly getting slow hits of caffeine. Often when I give a talk, someone will say, oh, I'm definitely a slow metabolizer because if I drink a cup of coffee in the afternoon, it keeps me up at night. But there's currently no link in terms of those types of physiological responses to caffeine and speed of metabolism. So this does not have to do with whether you're an ectomorph, endomorph, esomorph. You could be a fat son of a bitch. You could be that thousand pound bitch, that thousand pound bitch that there's no correlation uh, with the fact that she can't lose uh, that fucking weight without getting her, sta- her stomach stapled. There's no correlation with her slow metabolism to the rate of metabolizing caffeine. It has to do with your kidneys, not your digestive system. Genetic testing, which usually runs about $200 and takes over a month to get results, is the only way to determine what sort of brew, okay, terrible pun, you are made of, according to the star. Uh, that was interesting. I don't think coffee is necessarily unhealthy. I don't think it's healthy. With all the things that we ingest in an American diet, and maybe this is why Canada wrote it. This is probably why Canada wrote it. I don't know if Canada deals with the same uh, diabetes, hypertension, heart attack epidemic that the nation does, where we don't address it. We don't talk about it in a public way. You have guys like uh, Joe Rogan who were publicly castrated because he took some type of, uh, apparently they called it a horse tranquilizer when COVID was killing everybody's grandma. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but they said it. They said on the news, he got publicly castrated because he was saying instead of rushing to take the vaccine, um, why don't people work out and increase chances of their natu- natural immune system uh, fighting off this unknown virus? People still don't know what the fuck it is completely. Not enough time has passed, but people took experimental vaccines and they did that instead of running on a goddamn treadmill. Does anybody understand the problem here? The problem is, is that in America, we don't care We don't care about diet. We don't care about health. We don't care about nothing. We just care about pushing the next pharmaceutical product. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end on that goddamn note before the government knocks on my door and puts a gun in my mouth. If you are continuing listening to the Nothing Important Podcast, I'm going to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go on to my Instagram. Like the post. Like the reels. Until next time, go watch that motherfucking dunk contest. Bitch.